Listening to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast, where we explore traditional tabletop and live action role playing games through the lens of horror. A special thank you to Patreon for helping make this podcast possible. Settle in, Thin Bloods, grab a drink and your favorite set of dice, and let the darkness consume you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast. I am pleased to be joined by Mitchell Wallace, co-founder and creative director of Penny for a Tale, a podcast f- focusing on on featuring interesting tabletop RPGs through dramatic and inspiring actual plays. Mitchell's also the art director for Zweihander and a seasoned marketer who works on brands such as The Black Void and Helmgast, which I'm very excited about. Thank you so much for joining me, Mitchell. How are you? Uh, I am doing splendid. Uh, just you know, enjoying the the end of the year, seeing if there's time for uh, relaxation. Most of the time, though, it, it's writing and and kind of planning for the next year. But all enjoyable either way. Yeah, this is a really cool time of year because I feel like the holidays are are particularly inspiring, but especially this year because everything is is so upside down, upside down, and we live in a really weird post COVID world where. Holidays apparently don't really exist, so I feel like was, I found a little bit more time for creative projects. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a point in time where people have this wonderful opportunity to just kind of enjoy your own space uh, for the holidays uh, and not be swept up by you know families and parties and stuff like that. Uh, which you know, as trying to look at the bright side of things uh i think might be kind of nice for for some people yeah that's that's important i mean finding silver lining i have i end up having gallows humor about this kind of stuff but hey at least we don't have to like drive for however long or take a take a flight to somewhere and maybe some some relatives that you don't really like all that much i mean (laughs) yeah you whoever out there you have the perfect excuse for not going to anything you want Uh, it's pandemic yeah i mean listen are you are you fighting with your parents right now perfect say screw it i don't have to see you this holiday exactly like i i can't i'm out wow you hate that cousin who likes to give you that weird side eye Fuck them, COVID. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All, all the time, those, those weird family members bring up the, these very strange and outdated uh, kind of thinking. And you're like, uh, you know what? I don't have to. I'm out. Peace. Speaking of strange and outdated, one of the things that I always struggle with, because Gehenna Gaming really uh, focuses in on, on horror tabletop gaming. So explaining that to people, and family members in particular, um, explaining that to people you know, you you, you kind of have to go at the end of the conversation after a couple of eyebrows and, and weird, huh? What is that all about? You go, well, it's kind of like D&D, only different. Oh, yeah. I I feel like there's no way to get someone to understand uh, exactly. And and I find it very hard when I'm talking to uh, to people in other industries about what what I do um and the stuff that i enjoy and, and what i do on stream and such and it's just like you know even if you say it, it's kind of like D, but when you're playing cult or or vampire you're <laughs> you're very far from the typical D game and, and struggling and and going with themes that uh that they that people who, who usually play D and stuff like that are probably not used to uh and so even then when i'm like yeah it's kind of like D, I, I just feel like yeah, you're, you're just not going to get it. Um, so let's <laughs> move on. Especially with those types of game lines. I mean, those are two of my favorite games. Um, with Colt in particular, I mean, I guess both. Colt has had more of a a uh, a, a European, um, I guess, n- notoriety, especially with the murder. Um, I think it was the two boys that that killed somebody. Uh, or a couple of people, and they also y- y- played Colt, and somehow Colt got associated with that murder. While that was happening over here in the States, Vampire the Masquerade had our own little murderer that was doing awful things to people, and then there was negative associations with vampires. So I think they're they're kind of like uh, 
strange bedfellows though to those two games yeah i i remember talking to the creators of of cult uh Godzilla and uh michael i i just i'm, I'm always like loving talking to Ganillas because she just kind of sticks to my mind as a, a badass um but they, when they made cult, uh, they discovered all these evangelicals in Sweden, and they're like, "When did this happen?" Uh, as like people <laughs> around the schools were like, "What are you doing trying to publish this thing?" Uh, but hey, I, I love that they did, uh, and and honestly, like, um, I I really enjoy games like cult, vampire, and, and horror genre in general, just because I I believe it's a nice way to approach TTRPGs in a more dramatic and with a serious tone to it. I agree. I, I th- also feel like it's it's very it's much more dynamic than um, other game. Oh, excuse me, other genres like high mm-hmm. fantasy or, or Dungeons and Dragons types game type games are. I don't want to say the one trick ponies because I mean every table type, every table is different, and every game style for mm-hmm. every player jam is different. But I feel like with with the horror genre. You know, it's not just hack slash save the village. I mean, it there it could be a myriad of different kinds of games depending on the jam style and player style. Yeah, and, and definitely kind of uh when I was LARPing uh World of Darkness games like Changeling and, and Mage and Werewolf and Vampire, um having those like moments where some of the players or the, one of some of the characters were in tears, like they, they stuck with me as pretty dramatic and, and beautiful moments uh, yeah. kind of looking back at it and, and probably a, a few minutes afterwards too. Um, and that's just kind of hard to replicate uh, in some other genres. It is. I mean, with cult too, I found, and maybe this is just a way that I end up running these cult games, but you know, again, gaming, I'm kind of the resident <laughs> forever GM for cult and which I'm fine <laughs> with. But uh, one day, one day I'll actually get to play it. Um, one day, well, we'll have to have you on the cult channel sometimes so you can actually play. I would be absolutely ex- excited to to play cult if if the if the if the invitation is out. Just assume it's a yes because I love that game. Excellent. We're just gonna throw you in. You'll you'll receive a call one night and just be like, uh-huh. all right, it's game time, cult. <laughs> yeah, me. It's you're gonna have me meet in a corner somewhere to you know answer a, a public telephone and exactly the password <laughs> Delio. Um, let's. But I want I want to bring it back. I want to bring it all the way back. I want to mm-hmm. go all the way back through the sands of time, all the way back into into history and memoriam, all the way back when you were a young nerd playing. What what oh, did you first start playing when you were playing tabletop game for the first time? My first tabletop role-playing game was 4th edition uh, in 2012. Um, I grew up uh, in North Carolina, and it, it seemed enticing, d and in and kind of that looks kind of cool from afar type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was never in any circles that did board games, TTRPGs, the, the nerdiest I went uh, was just video games uh, with role playing, like Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff like that. Um, and it's not until I moved up north to Maryland, uh, specifically uh, DC and uh, College Park for uh, University of Maryland, did I find a group who were like, "Hey, we are hanging out tonight. Uh, we were playing D and D. Why don't you come and show up?" And I did. I thought it was super nerdy, and. I didn't know how I felt about it, but it, it piqued my interest, and I did have some fun that night. Um, after that, I kind of went back to North Carolina, and after watching a horror movie horror movie focus on uh, a LARP, I looked at LARPs around the area uh, and joined up. And then after that, it was pretty much me LARPing for most of uh, my career. Uh, if you can call it such, uh, with some TTRPGs. And it's not until PAX Unplugged, the the first PAX Unplugged, uh, that I discovered that there was way more than D&D. And I engulfed it. Um, and uh, my, I, <laughs> my, my partner regrets uh, taking me there. 
um, just because of the amount of books that I've ingested uh, since that moment. But it, it's it was a love that I wish I discovered when I was younger because it, it, it I adore it. I TTRPGs as a whole in, in all its facets. Especially when you start getting into some of the non D and D titles, there, there's it's like a kid in a candy store. You walk into Pax Unplugged. There's oh my god, so many opportunities to play so many different things. But I I, I do want to ask that movie was that was that the Knights of Badastum? No, it was uh, the Wild Hunt, uh, <sighs> which is a European horror uh, film uh, that was. It is a, a very grotesque and horrific film that I thought was a comedy at first. And I enjoyed <laughs> it uh, for that for like the first 30 minutes. And then the turn is like night and day as everything just becomes way worse. And some of the LARPers uh, take it seriously. Um, so it's, it's a really good film. I definitely encourage people to check it out. Uh, but definitely uh, it's, a, it's a hard film to watch in some some ways i i have never seen it but all you have to say is it's a horror movie that takes place at a larp and it's a little bit hard to watch because it gets a little intense yeah i want to watch this thing it looks pretty cool yeah i definitely Uh, suggest doing it it's it's one of my favorites you know it's 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 funny too because um you know i've noticed with people that do like horror tabletop um the horror genre in mm-hmm. terms of film is something that's like beloved as well. Right. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. You have, you have your, your, your Hellraisers, you've got your wild hunt. Um, what is there, there are, there are certain lines that we all have and there are certain movies that mm-hmm. just go a little too far. Right. Yeah. M- movies that, that stick with us in kind of a bad way, not because it's a bad movie per se, but mm-hmm. because it, y- you found your wall, you found your line, you found your, that's just a little too horror, too much horror for me. Wh- where's your line? What is your movie? Oh man. So I, 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 um, oh, this is, this is tough because I, I, I definitely like a lot of dark movies and I found more recently that, uh, movies from other countries such, uh, from like Latin America, um or korea have really been kind of resounding in my soul um i haven't found a horror movie that was like um i can't watch this i've i've watched horror movies that have pulled on my heartstrings uh the train of busan is definitely one of those uh as a new father um that i was just like oh man this is gonna make me cry (laughs) And, and i was okay with that but i can't watch it all the time just because i know it'll emotionally wreck me um <laughs> i saw I, the go ahead sorry I, I have a hard time with that as well because i have kids so it's yeah. watching, <laughs> watching like watching a dad protect a you know daughter figure you know child figure or you know uh, any kids getting hurt i it's it, i used to be okay with it um, it used to be one of those things that never really bothered me but now i there's something in, in me that just has a hard time yeah, I, I think a lot changes when you when you go through those experiences. Like I, I've always wanted to be a dad, uh, and I was the one who convinced my partner. Like I was like, yeah, I, I let's let's have a, a little one. Um, but the moment he came out, really, I was like, put it back. Uh, but you know, a couple <laughs> hours later, when they clean it up and it looks cute, uh, I'm like, you know, all, all like your your instincts and and emotional like love starts pouring out and you're like oh man i've only known this kid for like an hour but i would burn the world if anyone touched him (laughs) yeah talk about talk about a horror movie that really pulls in your heartstrings i um i always make this joke that like you know at the moment there was a moment with my first especially Mm -hmm. you're you know my 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 wife who i love tremendously Mm -hmm. and i i will burn the world for her and then she's she says, "Okay, here you go. Now do the same thing for for this little worm." And there's a moment in the in the hospital room where you're like, "Which one do I protect? I, I gotta protect, <laughs> I, you know." Um, but yeah, like the, it's it's cool too because having kids allows you to uh, think like a kid a little bit more, especially when they get a little older. You start yeah. being able to like play pretend, play games with them and stuff. So 
I see it as like a long-term investment just to play more games. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the, the reason why I have my little one is just so I can, you know, test out and play test some, some <laughs> scenarios in the future. I, I mean, he, yeah, for free. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When he was younger, he and I used to watch horror movies all day long from event horizon to all of the aliens. Um, so I, I find, I, I think I have built him a strong foundation um, but now that he's older, I have to, I have to not, <laughs> I did this. I did the same thing. I would watch awful, horrible movies when, <laughs> when my first, when my first was so, was so little, like yeah, so yeah. little baby has no idea what the hell's going on. Uh, and you know, someone walking like, what are you watching? It's just a baby. Like they don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not yet. Not until they become a little more sentient and start walking around saying things. Yeah, I remember I was over at my friend's house playing uh, Pathfinder, and and it's kind of one of those stay-at-home adults where we can bring all the kids; they can play together so that us adults can enjoy ourselves during the day. Hell yeah! Um, and I jokingly asked Siri to play Event Horizon, um, <laughs> and I, I turn around and there the the intro uh, uh, scene was was starting to play, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Change it. <laughs> Stop Siri. It's <laughs> really great. I, it, it, you know, and and you you'll find out. You'll find it. You mm-hmm. you don't know yet, but you'll find out. There's going to be a moment where you're you're sitting in the living room. Finally, he's asleep. It's now time to watch that awful movie. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'll give a Serbian film a try. I haven't seen that one. What is that one about? Or, oh, I don't know, Exorcist. That's been a while since I've seen that movie. Let, let, let's throw that on. And you realize midway through, during the worst part of the movie, the most violent or the scariest part, the one that's really, if any kids were in the room, would really yeah. shock, shock them to the core. You hear a little sound and you turn your head and you see your kids standing there in horror, looking around the corner, staring at the TV. <laughs> oh, every every time that has happened to me, uh, I feel like my uh, my wife has like walked in at that very moment. And I'm like, <laughs> she was asleep. I promise I thought I was alone. Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so funny it, 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 well this is but so this this is one of the, like the it's one of the challenges with horror but mm-hmm. it's horror does does come with with quite a bit of humor um so it was it was it was fourth edition Dungeons and dragons was your first yep yep and then, and then you got involved in larp at, at pax unplugged um now well i got it, i got into larp back in north carolina and then joined the mind's eye society i didn't get into really get into ttrpgs i had been doing like a little bit of pathfinder uh, cool. a good amount of D, but it's not uh what i feel wasn't really my dive into the ttrpg world till pax unplugged the the first year so everybody has like their game right like they're mm-hmm. i guess they're home game like the one game line they'll always come back to um i'm i'm getting a, a little bit of a sense that 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 is probably a world of darkness game for you i would imagine vampire is that true oh actually it is um when i can it's usually cult um you Amazing. like i have introduced probably five players to the ttrpg world uh through uh cult uh, anytime I, I hear someone really likes horror i'm like well, let me show you some horror. Uh, and then we I try to get a group together to to play cult. Um, I, yeah, yeah, that's great that you're introducing people to TTRPG through cult. <laughs> yeah, <You're> diabolical, sir. <laughs> I, I am, yeah, I, um, I, I just uh, uh, ran a game last night of Oakwood Heights uh, for some uh, people who are interested for my local store via, via zoom. And one of them, you know, didn't really play TTRPGs. And I'm like, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> That's amazing. I, um, I, I always like to run cult at any event that we do, any online event, especially um, if there's virtual games pl- running. And if there is a cult game, I am probably one of the people running it. One of the two or three people running it. Um, <laughs> But I, 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 God, I love that game line so much. And I'm really, really interested in hearing how you got involved with working for Helmgast and, and you, and you do marketing for Helmgast, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the marketing director for Helmgast and all of their English stuff. Uh, 
<laughs> which right now it's two, uh, but hopefully in the future we'll have more uh, English translations uh, for our products. Well, I got I got to say I love your work. Oh well, thank you. It's, uh, it's <laughs> as as a cult fan and as a, as a marketer myself, I I'm a big fan. Oh, well, I, I really appreciate it. It's it's been uh, a lot of love, and I remember when I I first saw Cult on Kickstarter. Um, and I, I really love dark uh, horror movies in general. Uh, I saw The Devil is probably one of my favorite uh, films. Uh, and I think that's a Korean film, if I, if I remember it correctly. Um, and it's, it's so depressing and dark and horrific. And then I saw Cult and I was like, you are very much like that uh, yeah. in, in every way. And even another movie that I really enjoy is Old Boy. Uh, and... I feel like if I was to run uh, an old boy uh, type scenario for people who are totally down for it, that's it's a lot of hard topics. Um, it would probably be in the cult universe. Yeah, and I and I I agree. Like cult has a way of kind of facing really hard subjects in such a way. Mm-hmm. And I've for any streamed game, I, I always lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, um, so it's not so. I don't want to say dark, but it's not so it doesn't push the envelope, but like with non-stream kind of home games, it'll I'll definitely push the envelope a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Cole has a way of handling it in such a way that's that's respectful and nice. And if you've got players and, and it, that are in for that kind of game and, and that are consenting about it, I mean, cult is the way to go. You know, you want to deal with hard subjects. Th- that is your game. Yeah, and definitely during my my kind of learning of Cole and more about running horror TTRPGs has been making sure that the safety mechanics that, and, and talking with everyone prior to the game so I know everyone's limit. Um, and, and trying to make that make sure that conversation is taken seriously. Because I've definitely been in, in streams and games where I say, I like horror. And then someone's like, I like horror. But it's the same way uh, that people go to uh, like a Thai restaurant or a, uh, a Wings restaurant. And they're like, I like <laughs> spicy stuff. And you're like, I too like spicy stuff. And then, you know, when you ask it of the 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 managers and they really turn up the spice you, you learn uh where your where your real line is and, and so for that case it's, it's the same like you know people like horror and they exactly uh that line is so that people understand the type of game that this will be I yeah i do important. too i mean like we we i use a lot of consent forms just so mm-hmm. that i can be a very explicit and this is the type of game that we're going to be running or that I'm going to be running. And this is the, these are the themes that we're going to deal with. If you are okay with these themes, let's play, mm-hmm. um, which begs the question, if you're not okay with it, should I continue? Probably not. Um, and then I, I use a bunch of different, you know, our consent form has, uh, you know, uses a, a very similar setup as the Monty Cook consent form of the nice. you know, red light, red light, green light, yellow light stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can basically say, okay, all of the little minute details, what are you cool with? What are you not cool with? But, you know, it, it, one of the questions that we put in there is, is if your game was a movie, what rating would you want to give it? And with cult, if they don't, if they have anything, if they have anything l- like under rated R, they shouldn't, they probably shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Opinion. Like it, it's very tough. And I know when I was going through the kind of, uh marking campaign for the horror guide and scenario collection when i was running some of the scenarios for different channels and some groups would be like uh, this is kind of let's keep it pg-13 and i i would do my best but by the end of the day i i feel like i'm not doing cult justice unless i can at, at least hit that r rating um and, and really kind of get into uh, i guess what what kind of pulls on, on people's heartstrings um, and, and what kind of summons fear from the bowels of people's perceptions and minds. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of um, intense emotions that are associated. It, I mean, it, looking at like a movie like hereditary, for example, yeah, which kind of rise that line between like horror and e- emotional depression mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and cult does that really, really well. And, and, I found that the with with 
cult with divinity loss with it is a fourth edition i believe right mm-hmm. yeah um the with with jacqueline brooks safety mechanics that are kind of written in mm-hmm. with the horror the idea of the horror contract and the very like the priceless uh gm kind of principles that are yeah. there, um which i think should be associated with any game mm-hmm. um i think cult has a way of 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 writing those lines in a way that empowers the GMs to make sure that the players are also empowered and made to feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it's just, it's, it's so important to kind of just have as much communication as you can at the table and cult divinity loss definitely has a lot of good, uh, discussions within the book, especially in the, the new books about how to do that and, and what that looks like at the table. Um, which is something I've always been proud of. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because you know it's going through something that Vampire did for a while of mm-hmm. like oh isn't that like the hardcore game you know yeah and and get get the artwork really which is gorgeous and beautiful and some of my favorite artwork on any any oh yeah uh, Bastion de Harm uh, an amazing artist uh, everything he touches is gold I just saw his his latest cover for the new Dune game by Modifius. Uh, and I'm always impressed by it, by looking at it, just the, the way he um, can put anatomy and, and colors that, that are dark, but still captivating onto uh, canvas is, is something I always found fascinating. Yeah. It's Baroque how he handles light and darkness, mm-hmm. which I, I absolutely love that Dune game looks beautiful. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it looks fantastic from from the font choices to the to the artwork. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I just pre-ordered the other day. That's my little Christmas present to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I um I actually just ordered myself the uh, black ver- the black Bible version Ooh. of Cult Divinity Lost because I, I have the core book. Yeah, um, and I, I mean I have I have the tarot cards and some of the other ones, but it, the, that, that Bible version is something that I was always jealous of for the Kickstarter. I'm so glad it came back. Yeah. It's, it's so gorgeous. And, and honestly, like if I, if I was younger and I was still uh, attending my, my local church, I probably would have just brought that uh, to, to <laughs> read during, during service. <laughs> yeah. Open, open. Open your books to uh, uh, Psalm sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh huh. Yeah, right here it says uh, right here. All I need. <laughs> That's great. The masquerade has been broken the mortals hunting us down by the dozens. The elders who held us under their heel and strict guidance are gone, called away by a mysterious force leaving vacuums of power in their wake. We waited out the storm and survived. Now we awake, rise, and enter this new world of danger and opportunity unsure if the sects or anyone else survived all we have is our wits cunning and thirst may the best monster win but there's another game which feels even more underground but still growing in popularity, and that's why Hander. Oh yeah, yeah, that is. Whew. I I love the uh, the revise and the original and Daniel Fox. Uh, I met him, uh, I believe, during Gen Con, uh, during the before four times. <laughs> um, and yeah, he was just so nice, and uh, it's a really good system. I, I really enjoy it. And the artwork is amazing. The layout of of the newest edition is fantastic. Um, I got to say another another uh, bit of your work, which I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Um, but what was it like developing that? So uh, my work specifically is for yeah. the uh, Flames of Freedom for the uh, their newest Wyhander American Gothic horror. 
Uh-huh. Um, it has been really cool. The whole process I, I thought was was really awesome, and it, it's it's ongoing, uh, especially as uh, the end of the year approaches, uh, and I, I have to do more work, which is, is always cool. But um, Dejon, uh, who creates the art pieces uh, and I write the briefs about like what I, what do I want to see in the book? Uh, yeah. What do I think would be interesting toy stories to tell through art? Um, and I remember uh, Peter Panusha, um, kind of one of the people involved with IGDN and head of Imagining Games. Um, he kind of told me that uh, a TTRPG book is, is kind of three parts. It's an art book. Uh, it is a manual uh, and then it is a creative writing work of fiction. Yep. And if each part of these is, is strong, then you have a, a really good TTRPG. Um, and so as I'm going through the, the news Y-hander and trying to think about like what the art should look like and what does representation mean uh, for a, a book that's kind of based on our, our past um, it's just being very uh, meticulous and and creative with with every um, stroke upon the page to uh, so that when someone looks at the book as as they're kind of going through, you can always you you look at it and you feel inspired about the type of characters you can play, um, no matter what what shape uh, or creed or um, what what you're going through. Uh, that's kind of my hope for. Uh, for the art of of Zweihander. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the the Flames of Freedom because um mm-hmm. it gives a really interesting opportunity to role play a very particular time and place. Yeah. Know, uh the birth of American during the Revolutionary War, right? And it it lends itself to having very interesting conversations if not arguments at at the at the tabletop which i'm pretty which i think is pretty cool when when yeah when real life kind of intersects with uh with tabletop gaming i think that's when things become really interesting however um it can also be a little bit of a minefield so it's really cool to hear that one of the questions that you're asking yourself and that the the rest of the team is asking themselves is is what does representation look like when developing a game like this yeah and they they do a lot of great work. Uh, we uh, had a lot of individuals uh, from in terms of representation come on to help uh, guide uh, through some of the parts. Uh, and I know for me, for the art, uh, I had basically a, a committee of uh, sensitivity readers kind of go over all of my art briefs and, and help me try to figure out a, a better way of... Um, making sure that representation is seen across all the boards. I mean, one of the things I kind of learned earlier on was um, ensuring that different body types were, were presented within the book. Uh, And uh, sometimes when you, when you don't put in uh, a specific body type, the, the artist or, or however, will just kind of assume a default, which is generally, unfortunately in, in our world is, is kind of the, the average skinny uh, person, but that's not true. People come in in very different shapes and, and sizes and ensuring that uh, no matter what you look like, you, you, you look at the book and say, oh, that's that, that look kind of looks like me. That, I'm, I'm game for it. Let's, let's, let's do that. <laughs> that's really cool that you're, that that's kind of the approach that you're taking. I mean, that's one of, that's, I guess one of my pet peeves is that mm-hmm. um, it, with representation, not just you know ethnicity, but mm-hmm. also like like you said, body type and facial type, and you know having some having some you know not so attractive, not so fit people not be bad guys. Yeah, is kind of important as a awkward as, as a, a man who experienced a a very severe awkward phase through high school, um, playing tabletop games that had very attractive people in it, or seeing you know, comics and movies and everything with, with just hot skinny people everywhere. It, it's like, okay, this is kind of part of the deal. And I guess it's a little bit of a, of escapism, but there is a bit of a, let's, I guess, suspend disbelief. But if you have a game where it shows different types of people, you can go, okay, it's me playing. Yeah. 
I am and, there. And that's cool. Yeah. And I think there's something uh, special psychologically when you play a character. Um, I mean, in, in, my, in my example, I have put on some pounds since uh, the little one. Uh, and I could blame the kid all I want, but it's probably just the Twinkies. Uh, <laughs> Hard saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think part of the, the way we kind of see ourselves on a daily basis uh, can be helped by the heroes that we play in these tabletop games. You know, if I, if I feel cool... And and I like playing a character uh, in in Flames of Freedom. If if I'm this like chubby guy who who still at the end of the day fights for his country, does his yeah. best to to save and help people. Um, I think that's just nice to to see that, uh, especially since Hollywood just kind of uh, every every male uh, person that we have to kind of look at has a six pack abs and. And yeah. very like muscles, uh, and and for women too, seeing um, uh, their uh, kind of figures and stuff objectified, and and trying to live up to those expectations that are unrealistic because you know Chris Pine and and all those famous actors, like the amount of work to to get to that body is just ridiculous, unless you're being paid for it. Yeah, you need a lot of time. You need a professional. You need special kind of food and a lot of dehydration. I hear in order to actually get yeah the, the kind of vascular, you know, mm-hmm. really muscly, lean look. Um, you know, maybe maybe at one point in my life I thought, you know, if I work hard enough, I can get there. That those days have passed. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that, I think it's important too because, you know, when when I was I, I was playing tabletop when I was mm-hmm. really young. And there's a lot of kids who do escape, you know, their lives a little bit or enhance their lives a lot of it with, with tabletop gaming. And when I was young, it was kind of, it was a nerdy thing to do. Now it's cool. And now thankfully, and now it's a little more normalized. And now you have like, it's, it's something that's like super common. So I don't, I don't think you have kids getting beat up for playing Dungeons and Dragons anymore. But when I was younger back in my day, um, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> as I'm waving my cane and yelling at kids <laughs> to get off my lawn, um, it wasn't like the hot, you know, lean sports kids that were playing this. It was the weird, awkward, maybe mm-hmm. ugly, maybe fat, maybe like weird shaped, or maybe having like fucked up home lives that were playing these games. And it's it's cool that there's people in this industry that are developing these game lines to make sure that kids like that get scene and yeah. uh, amongst other people like sure there's going to be hot people sure you're going to have your your rippling bod hero and your mm-hmm. your your uh buxom babe of a of a a, a hero a female hero but there mm-hmm. should be everybody else in between because that's just life in the world yeah exactly and i uh, definitely looking to like the next generation of tt rpg years we, we kind of have a uh, a responsibility to show them that there are many types to to love and to and to enjoy in this fantastical world that we dive into. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, for a lot of people, especially younger people, it's all about. It's not. It's 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 not just escapism. It's also helping them to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, TTRPGs. It's it's like reading a a book. I mean, a choose your own novel adventure that's has more kind of a, a social community behind it. Um, it's a beautiful art form, and I think anyone who kind of demeans the TTRPG art form as as kind of just an escapism or or just something, uh, you know, that, that kind of like crutch uh, for some people, I, I think is are not seeing the point of it. It's it's beautiful to watch so many people create together um, in in these moments, and I, I I love seeing it so much. I think it also builds emotional intelligence in people, which is something yeah. that in a modern framework everyone really 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 needs. Oh God, yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's something I struggle with too. Like just yeah. just because back, I mean, when, when I was growing up and in my family and everything like that, it's just something people we ignored um and 
uh, I, I think LARP taught me a lot of lessons about checking in on people, even when things seem okay. Yeah. Um, and then TTRPGs more so about just trying to figure out the perspective and emotions that are being developed and, and shared throughout a game. Um, I think TTRPGs in general is just about learning about each other through these kind of creative stories. And um, I think if you remember that, you can kind of grow a little bit closer to the people you play with. Absolutely. It's beautifully said. I know in this year, I've made quite a lot of friends that are very close, that I feel to be very yeah. close to me because of this hobby or, or this, I, it feels weird to call it a hobby, but this. Yeah. Thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this beautiful thing where, yeah, you, you play a game with someone and, and you laugh and maybe sometimes you cry and you hold your, your breath and you're by the end of it, you're like, be my friend. We are yes, friends now. <laughs> yeah. We are friends now. I love you. And I know that I know that weird, and I know that's weird, but I love you and I love all of you. And this is a great game and Holy shit. We need to do this again. Oh my God. I don't uh -huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I love it for, for that so much. So uh, th you've played a lot of different games, especially through Penny, to Penny for a Tale, which we will mm -hmm. talk about in a second. But I do want to ask you, out of all the games that you've played, which game have you not played that you are just dying to play? Oh, man, you, you make it very hard because I, I made it a, a point, in fact, when I started Penny for a Tale, that every book in my library, I, I read and then I play. Um and, and so in, in that vein, uh, that, that makes this question very hard. But there is a few. Actually, there is one. Uh, Polaris is a game, uh, a French-made uh, TTRPG about like a post-apocalyptic setting, but underwater. Um, oh. it, it seem, it, I've read through it. It has an interesting world and interesting, cool mechanics. Um, and it's something I've always wanted to play. Uh, but just haven't um, haven't gotten that perfect time yet. Um, so I, I hope one day to, to play Polaris. I don't think I've ever even heard of this game, but I'm as you're talking, I, I just googled it really quick, and it looks really freaking cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those TTRPGs. Like it has a high production value. Um, it looks like they did solid work. I, I've read through it, and I think the writing's really good. The the rules um, are probably a little bit more than probably World of Darkness or Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, so there might be a little bit of barrier to entry. But other than that, like I'm surprised more people aren't playing it. Um, but yeah, maybe so, one day. You know, and maybe maybe we can help make that happen. Um, <laughs> we so we just um, we just announced. I'm, we're calling it a soft announcement mm -hmm. um, for Virtual Horicon 2021, which is going to be in Q1 of 2021, date to be determined or to be announced. Um, so maybe we can, maybe we can like make let's, something happen. With this let's stream. do it. I, I will, I will love that because it's it's definitely it's one of those that I've had for uh, probably a year and a half now, and I've wanted to play it every now and then, but then another game shows up or, or people i'm trying to play with are interested in something else uh but yeah that would be amazing yeah it's and and i think that like if everybody in this industry shares resources so we can just play the games that we haven't been able to yet i mm -hmm. think we'll all be a happy place but yeah let's make that happen man i think it's a really cool idea it's done it has happened sweet and then <laughs> maybe, I can, maybe i can twist your arm to uh to run a game of cult for us Oh yeah, anytime. Like Cult is is my one of my favorites uh to play, so <laughs> to run, so uh, anytime. So I do want to talk about Penny for a Tale. Mm -hmm. How did how did you get started? What gave you the idea and where where has it gone? Like from inception to to today. How has it evolved? Oh man. So it started um post up uh, i mean I, I would definitely say pax unplugged that first year is where it all started um i've always been a very passionate person about any kind of endeavor that i that i'm a part of when i first went to my uh my first time at a larp i already had my full costume and swords like i was ready to go i had watched several videos about larping um i was shy still but i, I felt like i i tried to bring my a game um, and that's the same way when I went to PAX Unplugged, I, I got the Genesis, uh, I got of dreams and magic. 
Um, and I was reading it in line uh, during like any of the convention uh, like events. Uh, after that, I just I kept buying and I kept reading and, and I pretty much read TTRPGs like like some people read like fiction. Um, I find it so enjoyable to to see the mix of manual and art and creative uh, fiction and I adore it. Uh, and my partner uh, for Penny for a Tail now, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, who I play with weekly uh, locally. Said, you know what? You should uh, you should do a, a stream or something. And I was like, okay, I will try. And I did try with my little one, who then had a blowout on stream, uh, <laughs> right on me. And uh, I have <laughs> since deleted that. Uh, but it just always brings to mind that my my first step into it will always just be a shitty moment. Uh, <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> that's so freaking funny kids have a way of <laughs> interrupting streams in the most in the most like i don't know it's so like universally appropriate yeah i was <laughs> like you he must have been waiting for that very moment to do it because <laughs> i felt i was ready and prepared and i had taken care of the child and i was just gonna do a little test stream and bam i was like okay that's uh Great, great. <laughs> it can only go up from here, right? Oh, the, hopefully. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I was running Colt uh, in the Good Intentions mm -hmm. actual play that we have for a while uh, before we kind of uh, went on indefinite hiatus with that. Um, and uh, um, I'm describing, I'm describing the the worst thing imaginable. Um, I don't remember specifically what it was. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is I was I was describing some pretty awful stuff, mm -hmm. and I turned and looked, and my kid was standing there <laughs> with a look of horror on her face. Oh man! And I'm like, oh, this is the time you walk in, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, of course. Okay. Like you know, any other time, I'm like reading kid stories and yeah. and and <laughs> watching Baby Shark, and you want to go play. And and mess with other things, but right when we do this, it's like those kids. <laughs> That's what I, I love children for that because they have a way of like bringing you down a peg, no matter like how much ego you might have. At, oh at yeah, moment. they they are very quick to humble you. I I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, the first day of elementary school, I my parents got a call saying that uh, they're like, hey, Mitchell uh, doesn't speak English. We really need uh, to talk about like his future, how he's going to uh, adapt to the kids here. Um, and my mom was like, he doesn't speak Spanish. Uh, he speaks English. He's just, he's messing with you. He's learned just <laughs> enough to mess with people and he's been doing it. Uh, so that, that was kind of my, my entry into the elementary school was, was totally just <laughs> clowning. My my teachers, uh, I'm very proud of that moment that that past Mitchell. I I approve of. You should be. I also approve of said past Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, but after that, it was I, I can still see my first stream on YouTube, uh, and I I haven't gone back to watch it because I'm scared. Uh, but it was they came from the deep uh, by uh, I think it's what on its path right with Ma Matthew Dawkins. Oh yeah, they became, uh, they came from uh, they came from beneath the sea. There you go, there you go. I always get those those confused. Um, and that was the the first one uh, that I that I felt was mostly successful. Um, Such a great game. It is like I absolutely love it. I finally got my copy, uh, and I I love the meta of it. It's just such a funny, horrific good time, uh, and I can't wait to play it again. Um, and then after that, I was just kind of every book that I got, I wanted to play and run. So every week was a new system, a new game. Sometimes I'd learn three systems uh, within a given week and then play those three systems. And I always try to do my best, but I, I know I messed up uh, a lot during those, those early times. Um, and it was just this kind of weird thing where, where people just started showing up and my friends got involved and we started supporting each other and it, it felt like something was happening slowly, yeah. but surely. Um, and it, it's really kind of, uh, 
I, I think my enthusiasm that kind of carried it uh, to, to where I am now. Uh, I had been working the conventions under Triketra Entertainment for about a year and a half. So going to Gen Con and Origins and Pax Unplug, selling uh, the Genesis uh, Rebirth by Six More Vodka and Shadows of Estrin by Aget Studios. Wait, were you at the last Pax Unplug? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually that Pax Unplugged was the uh, first time that I took over the uh, kind of convention management for uh, Triketra Entertainment. So uh, I had like the booths and the actual plays for Shadows of Estrin and for the Genesis so that people could learn about the game and play it. Um, yeah, I was there. <laughs> were you? Were you at? Were you at? Like behind the booth? Were you working the booth? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was kind of my vacation, but I yeah. was also working, uh, but I was managing that booth and I would come in every now and then to make sure everything was okay and, and people were, you know, okay and had enough water and stuff. Um, so I wasn't at the booth uh, that much. It was more so me kind of uh, making sure everything was good behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I was there. The reason why I asked is because I'm getting a flashback because I, I found Degenesis at that Oh man! I mean, so we, we probably were talked. We were. We, we. I'm telling you, we might have. <laughs> because okay, so I we were downstairs mm-hmm. uh, running Vampire: The Masquerade Fifth Edition all weekend. I didn't get a chance to go upstairs, but like twice for ten minutes each, yeah. just to run around and like uh, maybe a little bit longer because I was networking with people. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really actually get to really enjoy the sh- the the convention. I was just <laughs> That's more, how it goes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was just kind of manning the booth and and organizing mm-hmm. all of the um all of the games that were being run and everything. So uh, I came up. I found your booth. I, I the second I I went up to that booth twice. The first time I went up to to kind of like walk around, meet people, mm-hmm. whatever. I saw it got stuck at the booth. And I immediately ran downstairs and grabbed one of the other guys. I'm like, yo, you got to come upstairs and check out this game. And you and I might have actually spoke. Probably. I mean, people I, I, know I, me. I, I'm, I, I'm seeing your face and I'm like, wait a minute. I think I saw that. Yeah. Face it's the Pax hair, Park. really. If you ever yes, saw like Jurassic Park, you know, when the, the reptile like unfurls his little fins around his head, it's basically my hair. Uh, at any given time uh but oh my god that's that really cool <laughs> it's such a small world uh, i love it <laughs> this industry is so incestuous and i've noticed that people are like yes i worked on this game line and i work for this company and this company and this company and it, it's yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone's moonlighting in this industry if i, I find <laughs> yeah we're all we're all just doing the best we can <laughs> okay so i'm i'm gonna ask a very hard question all right, and let's do this. I want you to be as honest as possible. Um, if you say anything that you feel like you need me to cut out, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to ask about the tabletop industry. All right, let's do this. And in in regards to marketing and business, because I mm-hmm. feel like um, you know I am in marketing and and you are as well. Yeah. And, and and marketers are cut from a little bit of a different cloth. Um, yeah. And there's a little bit more of a formal education involved and understanding of business acumen and 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 marketing capacities and and business development. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to this industry, what is the one challenge that the tabletop industry has, and what would be your proposed solution to said challenge in regards to um, business management or marketing? Yeah, I, I think the the biggest issue with TTRPGs and uh, companies and stuff like now um, is people are wearing too many hats. Uh, it's this unfortunate thing where the creator um, is doing art direction, and then they're also doing marketing, and they're also trying to develop their own business and brand at the same time, um, which is kind of why I, I started and started uh working for people for marketing because I, I really enjoyed what people were, were doing. Uh, but it kind of pained me to see them, them struggle uh, because I was like, your, your reach should be more. Um, and I, I feel for you and I, I want your reach to be, to be greater. Um, and I, I definitely think for TTRPG people who want to write, if, if you kind of want to, um, 
be where kind of Daniel Fox is, uh, Monty Cook, uh, people from World of Darkness and, and such. Uh, getting other people on your team. Uh, you, you need a marketer. You need uh, someone to help manage your business because it it can burn you out quicker uh, than probably any other industry or, or most industries. Um, it, you really like find someone to help you take care of those those other stuff uh if you if you want to get to that point if you just want to uh sell your games on on itch.io or a drive-thru rpg that that is totally cool and fine um i think those works are are really interesting and i've really been enjoying some of the kind of uh the more indie uh self-published stuff as well um but if you definitely have uh, any hopes and dreams of, of getting to that point where potentially your book could be found in a store. Um, definitely get yourself some some help. Uh, you cannot do it on your own. Uh, that, that would probably be my, my biggest uh, thing for, for anyone within the TTRPG industry uh, who wants to kind of create content. Well, well put, my friend. Um... I am in violent agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, um, it's so much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting to see how many people wear multiple hats, and and I can't I can't imagine the burnout rate, and I, I, it makes me feel bad too. Like I see, I see so many of of my friends that are like, yeah, I, I, these are all the things that I do, and it's like, whoa, are you okay? You want yeah. And I'm I'm a marketer, and I'm like I want to do it for you, and I can't because I don't work for your company. But like, it, you you see it, and you go, ah, oh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> so it's cute. It's almost cute. They're trying so hard. Um, but what is out of all the the brands, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking like we're talking tabletop accessory company. We're talking about uh, publishers. We're talking about game developers. Out of all the companies out there in this space. What is the one company to watch out for? Oh, snap. That is a... I... The... uh, They created a a TTRPG called Defiant. Um, I think it... It it was one of the best sellers on uh, DriveThruRPG when it came out. The company is called Game Machinery. Um... It's kind of this urban fantasy game with modern supernaturals. Uh, yeah. And between the art direction, which I discovered was kind of like uh, clip art and and, and uh, copyright-free stuff that they kind of altered uh, to make look beautiful, which I was really surprised of. And, and the writing and the way the game plays, uh, to see like this company come out of nowhere and and reach like uh, a really good selling point on drive through RPG uh, astounds me. Like uh, we worked with them uh, this season on encounter Roleplay via penny for a tale uh, to produce a season for them. Um, and I was just so impressed by the stories of the people told in, in the, the book after kind of reading it once again, uh, right before the, the season started. Um, they are, people to to look out for uh of course i I think there's lots of these beautiful hidden gems uh all over the place in 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 the industry uh and i cannot wait when conventions start up again because my hope is to bring some of these gems to conventions so that people who you know don't look on drive through rpg every day and hit that refresh button uh can also see like some of the stuff that's coming out and and uh, you know I I have heard of of Def- and mm-hmm. I'm I'm all I'm hearing is good things. Everybody who's told me about this game is you guys really need to play this. Um, and apparently it's doing really really well. But I, I like the idea of more people playing these kind of hidden gems. I love the idea of this new renaissance of uh, indie horror titles or indie tabletop games. Yeah, hitting hitting the scene, and I think that design and marketing is extremely important and having people like yourself and uh, companies like penny for a tail, bringing it to the, bringing it to the crowds, bring it to the audience, bring it to consumers to check it out at these shows. I'm all for it. And I would, I would, 
Honestly, I think that I think that a lot of other people would too, because I think that more people are starting to spread outside of the Dungeons and Dragons. I think more people are starting to spread their wings outside of World of Darkness if they're in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what better way to introduce it to them than at a convention? Yeah, and just like com- between conventions and local stores, because uh, before and in, in the before four times. Uh, I was going to other cities like Philly to run games for small companies and such uh, for like a coffee and some dessert, which was really fun and, and cool. But like having the opportunity to to share these beautiful gems with with people uh, really kind of just it pleases me in, in so many ways because I, I love supporting uh these creative beautiful works that these these people uh spend you like decades trying to to get in in book form um and i think people really don't realize like the amount of work it takes to to make a ttrpg i think uh, a lot of creators make it look easy by the time it kind of comes out um and it it really deserves uh, a shot for people to to try out and to to read yeah, and and I would even take it further and say to to purchase and buy and spend money on. Yes, <laughs> please uh, buy it. Buy it and 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 buy buy your book and don't you know if it's if it's a little more expensive than you thought it would be. Um, just understand that there's a lot of people and a lot of love, um, and and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that are put behind this book. And yeah, it, you know it surprises me, and maybe because. My video game days are long over. I stopped. I stopped playing video games when I had children because I didn't have enough time. Yeah, uh, and I focus more on on tabletop games, and it it just surprises me that people are very comfortable spending eighty dollars on a on a video oh, game. Oh gosh, yes, but won't pay more than twenty dollars on a tabletop game. It, it just blows my mind. Yeah, like I, I wish people would be more comfortable with. Uh, I mean, every TTRPG uh, f- book for the most part, I think should be sold for like $10 more at least um, because, and yeah. especially now, like in the same way I found it difficult to play video games on, uh, on my computer and, and PS4 and stuff. And even when I get like a good T uh, role-playing game, I, I think I'm just too used to the freedom and, and kind of social aspects of the TTRPG where video games just kind of taste stale to me. Oh my uh, god! I'm so glad you said that because I feel it's the same exact way. Yeah, yeah. Like I would, I I have bought I think four games uh, this year, yeah. and I will play an hour of it, and I'm like, this is not TTRPG. This is nowhere close to it. Yeah, yeah. It, you, it's almost like you're playing and going. You know what would be cool if it was more like a tabletop game? Yeah, <laughs> like, like a dumbass video game. <laughs> yeah, every time it's like, oh, that's a that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, listen, Mitchell, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. This is a blast. And thank you so, so much for taking time to, to speak with me and join us on the Gehenna Gaming Podcast. I want to give course. you I want to give you a moment. I want to give you a plug. I want to give you time to promote something that you have coming down the pike, something you're super excited about, you want to promote the hell out of, a, a website you want to direct people towards. What is, what is the one thing you want to promote and tell people all about? Oh man! So, um, Penny for a Tale has grown so much since the the shitstorm of its inception. Um, handling marketing, several different channels, um, and for the new year, we are going to be revamping everything to kind of reflect the professionalism and in kind of resources that we've been able to to gather in kind of this new world. Uh, so I definitely say go ahead and check out the Penny for a Tale website uh, and, and keep an eye on it within the uh, new year because you'll you'll kind of get a sense of the direction we're headed uh, as well as the amazing things that are coming down the pipeline. I, I know we have several seasons coming up between Encounter Roleplay, Penny for a Tale, and the Cult Divinity Lost channel. Uh, I currently am finishing up writing, uh, for three different projects. I have three books coming out in, uh, 2021. 
um, as well as some, uh, hopefully, some convention stuff uh, when that ever ever comes back online. So definitely pennyforatail.com. And of course, uh, feel free to reach out for me if you are interested in writing uh, or have any questions, really. <laughs> Perfect. And, and Penny for a Tail website is beautiful now, and I'm excited to see where it goes and how you guys develop it to, to update it for 2021. Um, Quite be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I love your website. <laughs> oh, um, thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, and I think this is, I think this is a good time than any to end the stream or end the podcast, excuse me, but we will be having you back. I want to, I want to convince you to come on our Twitch stream, um, maybe yes. for another interview, maybe a deep dive conversation. Um, we'll figure that out. Maybe even a game too. Yeah. All of it. I, I am convinced whatever you need. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I love it. Mitchell, thank you so much. And, uh, thank you everybody for listening and keep playing your games. Thank you for listening to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast. Your attention has been noted. You can find us online at GehennaGaming.com, on Twitter at GehennaGaming, twitch.tv slash GehennaGaming, and patreon.com slash GehennaGaming.